the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book, and we want to welcome you to another broadcast of The Riches of Grace. My name is Richard Jordan. I am the have the opportunity each week to be the Bible teacher here on this Bible study. This program is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. Our purpose is not to try to get you to join anything. We don't have a pro, you know, some program for you to join. Uh, we don't have some uh, thing for you to purchase. We're not trying to get you to do anything. We just want to talk about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, out of a book, the Bible. And we know that if, you, if you'll uh, learn God's Word, find out what God's Word tells you, and understand what God's Word says, that you'll find that the Word of God will go, will go to work in your life and become effectual because you believe it. One of the very keys to, to the Christian life, or the key to the Christian life, is to let God's Word have the, the place and authority it's designed to have in your life. And by the way, uh, can I say Happy Mother's Day today? I am aware of the fact that this program is going out on Mother's Day. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful joy it is to be able to say to moms, um, we love you, Mom. We all have one, and we all appreciate them. You know, I've, uh, I was telling someone recently, I've never been in a jail and, and a prison. And <laughs> I, w- I went to visit some uh, fellow in jail not recently, and one of my grandchildren I was getting dressed. He said, where are you going, Grandpa? And I said, I'm going to jail. And he started crying. Oh, no, 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 I don't want you to go to jail. When are you going to get out? I said, well, I'll get out in about two hours after I get there. I'm I'm not going to go live there. And he was very relieved about that. (laughs) And, you know, through the years, uh, I've been preaching for over four decades, and I've had a lot of opportunities to preach in jails and prisons mental wards and uh, all kind of things. I started uh, preaching ministry, preaching on the street corner. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot about about people by getting out where they are. And the uh, preaching in jails and prisons, I've said for years, I've never yet met a person. And I've, I, I just recently was visiting a 14-year-old young man. In, in a detention center. I preached just, uh, just not too long ago in two maximum security prisons where the people I was preaching to are, are lifers, and they'll never get out. Um, I, I say that just say the extreme from one end to the other. And I'll be honest with you, I've never met a, a man in prison who had a good relationship with his dad. Uh, it's possible just not to have a good relationship with your daddy. But, you know, almost everybody has a positive relationship with mom. So I say, happy Mother's Day, Mom. We love you. We're grateful for you, and we thank God for you. And it's good to have another just another Hallmark Day to tell you that. You know, uh, Hallmark Days, that's where Mother's Day comes from, by the way, is to, to sell Mother's Day cards. I hope you buy your mom one. And uh, tell her thank you uh, for, for being mom. But it's it's not... 
a day based on a vain religious system. Now, I want to look with you at the book of Galatians, chapter number 4, because it is Mother's Day. I thought I'd look at a, at a Mother's Day uh, experience, an experience of two moms in the book of Galatians. But before I do that, let me just remind you that um, this is not a part of the vain religious system. Not not too long ago, uh, just a few days ago, we, we suffered, we, we suffered, <laughs> we celebrated, um, some people did, Easter. Uh, Easter is a, it's, it's probably the supreme religious holiday in the Christian church calendar, the calendar of Christendom. But when I say Christendom, and I emphasize the dumb part of that, I'm not talking about Bible-believing Christianity. I'm talking about what, what has become of Christianity in the last 2,000 years in the institutional church. Take the take the term and the celebration of Easter. First, you know there's something wrong with it because it turned. It, it's it's a different day every year, and the date is determined by the by the way the sun and the earth are aligned together. Uh, in other words, you get the date by watching the, the the heavenly bodies, not by something in God's word. The name itself, Easter. Uh, if you if you were to look into a uh, an encyclopedia, and you were look to look up the uh, the Egyptian goddess Easter. Now, you, we say Easter, they say Easter. Tomato, tomato, it's the same thing. If you looked up Easter in an encyclopedia, you would find a big, tall, erect rabbit with colored eggs at its feet. And it was an Egyptian uh, uh, fertility god, part of paganism. That got amalgamated, assimilated into the Christian church way back in the early, um, in the 5th, 6th, 7th century, way back so long ago, you and I can't reckon when it was. And that's where you get Easter eggs and Easter bunnies on Easter Sunday. It has nothing to do with God's Word. Now, Paul in Galatians says something about that. He says, how be it then, when, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are, not, are no gods, you were worshiping idols. You had a vain religious system that you went to to get help from God, and it wasn't a God. But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? They're turning back. They've come to Christ. They've, they, they've been made complete in Christ. They've trusted him as their Savior. He told them in chapter 3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect through the, the flesh? They, they began in the Spirit. Jesus Christ was evidently crucified among them. They understood the grace of God. But now they're turning again back to the paganism, back to the religion. And he calls it weak and beggarly elements. It's weak. Um, it it lack, lacks any strength to give you standing with God. Anytime you trust what you do to give you standing before God, it's weak. The law, Romans 8, 3 says, was weak. Now you say, but well, that's God's law. Yeah, but listen, the law was weak through your flesh. You see, the law is not in itself. It's just a revelation of the righteous character of God. But what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, who has flesh? You do, I do. And the law was weak because our flesh couldn't keep it. Galatians 3, verse 10, he tells him, tells him very clearly, for as many as you are under the works of the law are under the curse. You see, if you try to go by the law, you're going to be cursed. Why? For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in, listen, all things which are written in the book of the law to do them.
Someone has said there's 613 commandments in the Mosaic Law alone. You have to do every one of them. Hey, dude, you don't even know what they are. Probably, the, the chance is, probability is, you couldn't even name the, the ten first ones, the easy ones, <laughs> the thou shalt nots. You probably couldn't even name them, and if you could, you probably wouldn't be sure you got them in order. You know, one out of about a hundred can do that. And he says, if you, 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 you break one, not just of the ten, but the 613, 603 of them you didn't even know existed, no doubt. Well, you, you see, the problem is we, 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 we don't, the law is weak in that we don't, we can't keep it. And he says you're turning back from Christ, from your completeness in him, from the grace of God, from all the love and provision and grace that God has given you in Christ. You turn back to you trying to do something that doesn't get the job done. And then he says weak and beggarly elements. You know what it is when you're, when you're beggar, a beggar? <laughs> when you're a beggar, it means you're, you're just always trying to get something you don't have. That's what living under a performance-based acceptance program always does. That's what, by the way, Easter's all about. Oh, I know people tell you it's about the resurrection, but you know you don't celebrate the resurrection on a day that bobs around on the calendar and has a pagan name. You know that. You don't do with all this kind of religious trappings. You know how you celebrate the resurrection? Galatians 2.20. Boy, we're in the book of Galatians today all over. Galatians 2.20. That's why this book is called the, the Great Book of the Protestant Reformation. It helped to break the bondage of, of religious tyranny on the church. Now, the Protestants didn't get very far, but at least they got a, they got a little bit. Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You don't need some religious day to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need Christ living in you. And it's it's his life living in you and your body of flesh that is what you celebrate. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. If you rejoice more in a day where you go do some religious ceremonies and some, some activities to make you feel better about yourself, if you rejoice in that more than you do just being able to lay your head on the pillow at night and thank God for who he's already made you in his son. Thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has provided everything you'll ever need. Paul says... If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with them also freely give us all things? Now, if you can't lay your head on the pillow at night and rejoice in that, then, friend, you got too much of the other. Well, Galatians chapter 4, Paul talk, is talking to the Galatians about that, and the Galatians were having that problem. They'd begun well. He told them in chapter chapter 3, uh, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. Well, it's by the hearing of faith. Well, then are you so foolish, to, you having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by your flesh? <laughs> if you began in the perfection of what God did for you in Christ... What do you think you're going to add to it? Think about that. If, he, if, if God blessed you with all spiritual blessings in Christ the moment you got saved, if he made you complete in Christ, and you see, that's why you, in Christ is where you, you get all the blessings. In Christ is where you're made complete. 
How did you get into Christ? By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. The moment you trust Jesus Christ, God puts you into a living union with his Son, a spiritual oneness with his Son. And when he puts you in his Son, then you have all spiritual blessings. You have a completion. Now, that happens the moment you trust him. That doesn't happen when you go to church and walk an aisle and get baptized. It doesn't happen when you go to go to church and go down and take a sacrament or some kind of religious ceremony. It doesn't happen when some, some uh, priest, preacher, or pundit pronounces some blessing on you. It happens the moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, and it's something that God does for you. Not a priest, not a preacher. Well, having begun in that kind of perfection, what do you think you're going to do to add to it? How can you add to completeness? You know what you do when you add to completeness? That's right. You mess it up, don't you? <laughs> well, that's what he's going to tell them in Galatians 4. Listen how he says this, Galatians 4, verse 21, to the end of the chapter. You, now, this, this is a, again, we're talking about moms now. This is a story of two moms. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Now, he's going to use an illustration about Abraham and his two wives. And, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, a Barney Google song says, Pity the man with soul so tough to say when wife is not enough. And Abraham and his two wives, you're going to see why that little ditty has some real impact in, 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 in spiritual terms. But he's going to use an illustration about people that want to be under the law. Now, if, if, you've got to, if you're reading Galatians 4, it means you've already read Galatians 2. I'm, I'm sorry, 3. And in Galatians 3, verse 24, he says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, um, that we might be justified by faith. Notice the law was a schoolmaster. And really the law is an elementary school teacher. That's why it's called the rudiments of the world. The basic elementary things that you need to know, you learn in the law. And so you that that desire to be under the law, you that want to go back to elementary school, don't you hear what the law says? And then he's going to tell them a story. He's going to use a story. That's what you do with children. It's very difficult to take children in elementary school and just teach them facts, figures, dates, and, and, and philosophy. You need to kind of put a story to it, and they, 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 they learn that way. When you grow up, then you can get into the, the more uh, um, uh, doctrinal teachings, the more epistemological teachings, uh, and, and that kind. So he's going to use an illustration here for people that – see, you see, when somebody wants to get back into the law, it's like I'm going to leave college and go back to elementary school. I'm going to leave you know, my junior year in college and go back to fourth grade. That's literally what he's saying you're doing. Verse 22. I've got to read the verses. Galatians 4.22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondman, bondmaid, the other by the free woman. So there's two boys. There are two moms. He that was born was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. And he of the free woman was by promise. So you have two moms who have two boys based on two systems, one after the flesh, the other by promise. For this Hagar is Mount, I'm sorry, verse 24, which things are an allegory. Now, he's not saying Abraham and Sarah and Hagar weren't real historical figures. He said there's a spiritual truth I want you to see in what happened to them. It's interesting that the God that wrote the Bible 
could write things in Genesis that you come over to this side of the cross, Galatians, and you can read in Galatians, and he'll say, see what he did back there? That's because of something he knew over here. <laughs> you got, you've got really pre-written doctrine in the stories. God, God arranged the events back there so that they would comply and provide a doctrinal allegory. So which things are an allegory? For these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, is Agar. This Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, in answer to Jerusalem, which now is, and, and is in bondage with her children. So Hagar and Ishmael represent the law. They represent God giving the law, where man was to work on his own ability. You remember how Abraham and Hagar had Ishmael? Abraham, God told Abraham, he's going to give him a seed. Multiply it like the sand of the sea, the stars of heaven. He didn't have a son. So finally, Sarah says, well, maybe we'll figure out what's the problem here. You go take go take Hagar and see if you can have a kid by her. I mean, Sarah thought the problem was Abraham. So Abraham goes in, and he has a kid. Thirteen years later, God says, I want that kid. Throw him out. He's not going to be the seed. I'm going to give you a seed. Now that you and Sarah cannot physically, normally have children, you're beyond, both of you are beyond childbearing age, now I'm going to give you my seed. In other words, Ishmael was what Abraham could do in his own prowess, his own virility. Isaac, well, he couldn't, he, he, he had no ability, he had no prowess, he had no virility, he was dead, unable to function sexually reproductively and god said okay now when you have now i'm going to give you a kid and there's no question it came from me so ishmael represents what abraham could do on his own ishmael represented and hagar represent the loss the law principle performance-based acceptance but jerusalem which is above is free which is the mother of us all in other words, the Jerusalem that's above, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city that, that, whose maker is God that Abraham looked for, is, is a free gift. It came by promise. They're gonna, Israel's going to get her kingdom hope simply because God said, I'm going to do it for you. I will do it. It's free. And that principle of being free, the free gift principle, that's the mother, that's the source of blessing. That's what a mother is for us all. So what do you do? You have two boys, Ishmael and Isaac, two mothers, Hagar and Sarah, that represent two systems, the law, performance-based, and grace, the promise, faith-based. And he's going to tell you, one is a free gift system, one is the you-go-work-for-it system. And he says in verse 30, Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? And that's always a question, isn't it? It isn't, what does your religion say? What does God say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the bondwoman should not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. You know what it says? I'll say it on Mother's Day. Cast the old lady out. <laughs> Cast the bondwoman out. Oh, yeah. That's how you said, well, that's not a great Mother's Day message. Yes, it is. Because your flesh, your performing, your religion, your trying to keep the law will never do. It's only, you know what you need to do? You need to take all of the religion 
that you've picked up over the years and cast it out. You need to take every effort that you make to try to please God and, and gain God's favor by your activity, thinking that if I do, do, do something more and do it better, he'll be gooder to me. Cast that thinking out. Chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, the freedom, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You see, the law and grace, Ishmael and Isaac, would never work together. And you read about Hagar and Sarah, they hated each other. Ishmael and Isaac, they hated each other. Your flesh, your performing, and the grace of God, the Spirit of God, will not work together. You're not under the law. That's why chapter 5, he says, if you're led to the Spirit, chapter 5, verse 18, you are not under the law. The Spirit of God would never lead you to be under a performance-based system before God. If you're in that today, it's because it's your flesh been enticed by religion to think you can do something you can't do. Now, if you know what, the, uh, there's a verse in 1 Timothy, verse number 5. I'm sorry, verse number 7, 1 Timothy 1, 7. Paul talks about some people desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. People want to put you back under performance-based religion. They don't know what they're talking about. they got no idea what they're affirming what they're doing to you. But we know, he says, that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. But who's it made for? Sinners. To do what? Point out the fact they're sinners. You know, I've got a study Bible in my, my library that on that note there was just about using it lawfully. It says, using the law as the standard for Christian conduct and ethics. <laughs> I'm reading, what? This says the law. We know from God's word that the law is not made for righteous man. Well, how do you become righteous? You don't get to be righteous by what you do. God made him to be sin for us. The one who knew no sin was made our sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, who of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You have righteousness in Jesus Christ. Then the, your life can be filled with the fruits of righteousness that God gives you in His Son to the glory and praise of God. But you have to have the righteousness by getting in His Son. You see, that's why He said, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? The only way to get out of the performance-based religious system is to find your rest and your completeness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my friend, the only way you're going to find that is to get into God's Word, rightly divided, and trust it. There are two systems in the Bible, law and grace. You need to know why you're under grace, and then you need to believe it. So on this Mother's Day, can I tell you, throw out the law and trust the grace of God. I'd like to give you a Bible study. I see the time's almost gone. I'd like to give you a Bible study to go on with this. Uh, it's called Cast the Old Woman Out. 
And it's an exposition of Galatians chapter 4, as I've gone over it here for you a few minutes ago, as, as we've been studying. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to see that you get a free copy. I don't, we don't, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're trying to get any money from you. I'd, I'd be honored to give you a copy of this, of this Bible study, because I know that this truth can liberate your heart and soul for the Lord. You call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300, 888-535-2300, and uh, we'll see that you get a free copy. You just ask the folks that, that answer the phone for the for the, uh, the Mother's Day Bible study. They'll know what you're talking about, 888-535-2300. That number again is 888-535-2300. Now, you can call that number, uh, ask for the free Bible study. By the way, if you have questions about what you hear on the program, uh, you, you'd like to have some discussion with the Scripture, the folks that answer the phone are perfectly qualified and able and, and happy to uh, to talk with you about those things. We don't really have a prayer line. Somebody says, Brother Jordan, is that your prayer line? You don't. If you need if you need prayer, you can pray yourself. You don't need me to pray for you. Uh, you don't need other people praying for you. If you need prayer, then you need to pray yourself. Jesus told his disciples when they asked him about prayer, he said, you know, when you pray, don't, don't pray like the heathen pray. They think they're going to be heard for their much hearing, <laughs> their much speaking, rather. The, the way the heathen pray is they think if you can just get enough people praying for them, then God will move on their behalf. Anybody tells you that, and I hear Christian preachers say that, but what they're doing, Jesus says, is they're talking like the heathen. We don't try to get you to pray like the nation Israel prayed. And time passed, where you make uh, make confessions to God, and based upon your performance, He responds to you. Uh, that's that was the way Israel under the law prayed. We don't pray that way today. You know what you can do? You can uh, be be uh, careful for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication make your request known to God. You can go to God on your own. We all have access by one Spirit. We have all we we all have access by the blood of Christ under the Father. So we encourage you to pray uh, for yourself. And if you have Bible questions, then call us if you'd like to. We'll be happy to talk to you. 888-535-2300. And when you call, you know, there are other things that we do. This program is brought to you by Grace School of the Bible. Uh, I say that at the beginning of the program. And um, my name is Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege to be your, you know, to be teaching here week after week. But I'm also the president of Grace School of the Bible. And Grace School of the Bible is a, is a, is a, a three-year Bible Institute program. It's, it's unique in a number of ways. First of all, and as you would guess from the way we teach here, our, our curriculum in the school is different from any other curriculum you'll ever see at a Bible Institute or Bible College. Our curriculum base is laid out according to Paul's design for the edification of the believer found in Paul's epistles. And that design is 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 it's woven into the warp and the woof of, of the way Paul's epistles lay themselves out. And there is a specific design uh, for your edification, for your being built up in the faith. Uh, he says in Colossians 2, he talks about, um, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught. There is a system of teaching whereby you take in the doctrine according to a specific pattern, that is, in a specific order, milk to meat, babies to adulthood, foundation to, a, to, to superstructure kind of doctrine, foundation to the fullness, 
that as you take it in in the design in which it's designed, and this is not systematic theology, that's a human viewpoint way of arranging the information in the Scripture. But when you understand how to rightly divide God's Word, and then you, you take it in in the way God says it's to be assimilated, what happens is it builds up into your inner man strength, and you have Christ formed in you. The curriculum of Grace School of the Bible is designed to take you through that information quickly in a three-year period. It's also unique in that we don't require you to come to where we are. You don't have to come to Bloomingdale, Illinois, the Chicagoland area, to get the information. We make it available to you on video, by the way, using DVDs, or the Internet. So the curriculum base is quite different. The delivery base, you don't have to uproot yourself and your family come here. We'll send it to you there and uh, make it available to you. If you'd be interested in being a really serious student of God's Word, could I recommend Grace School of Bible? Just give it a look. We're not for everybody. We know that. But, uh, you know, roll us up and smoke us over and see if we're for you. That might be something that you'd, you'd need to look at. 888-535-2300. That'll get you the information that'll help you about that. Could also tell you that there are people in your area that are that where you're listening right now to this station. This, sta- this program is on a number of different stations in a number of different markets. Every market we're in, there is a group of grace believers in your area who stand for, believe, and teach what we're teaching. They understand God's Word rightly divided. There's an assembly of believers where you are that understands God's Word rightly divided and where the grace life, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the issue. If you don't have an assembly to attend today, this weekend, we're you're taught out of the King James Bible, rightly divided, and grace is the issue, then you ought to call our number, 888-535-2300, and get in touch with the group in your area that does just that. Now, by the way, if you're not able to get out of your, to do that, we webcast all of our studies, all of our Sunday meetings and Wednesday meetings here, 9.30, 10.45, and 6 p.m. Central Time. You can go to Grace Impact. Dot org, graceimpact.org, and you can find uh, live teaching on the Internet that is uh, uh, from our ministry here in the Chicagoland area. We're trying to make the Word available to you so that you can grow. You can st- your faith can stand in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you, and your faith can go to work for, for Him through you for His glory. Our time's up. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure. To, see, to, to meet you here. Until next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.